Welcome to another edition of the Born in 87 podcast. On today's pod, uh, we are going to put the Mets season to bed. Now, if you remember, before this lovely 2021 Mets season began, we had three of our recurring guests and diehard Met fan friends, Ross Green, Travis Williams, and Alex Biggleson, on the pod as we did our war draft. Uh, we did a snake draft where uh, we each took five Mets and we figured at the end of the season, uh, the cumulative war of each team that we chose, whoever had the best war would uh, be the champion of our, you know, Mets war challenge. And uh, I'm going to be honest, we, ha- we had uh, some scheduling conflicts. We wanted to have uh, everybody back on the pod this week to, uh, you know, talk about uh, the Mets season that was and uh, talk about, you know, the, the war challenge that we had. But we, we had some uh, scheduling issues. Uh, this, we're recording this intro here on uh, Wednesday night, October 6th, which happens to be uh, my co-host Adam Goodstone's birthday. Uh, uh, so happy birthday, Adam. Um, but he couldn't record tonight. Um, Travis just had a baby like two days ago. So congrats, Travis. Uh, I don't know where Alex is at right at right now, but, uh, he's going to join me and Adam tomorrow, but, uh, tomorrow night, the champion of the war challenge, my, my brother-in-law Ross green, uh, was unable to, uh, hop on the pod. So, uh, we are recording an intro now with our champ because we could not have the podcast without the war champion. So without any further ado, Ross green, the champ, how are you doing tonight? The champ is here. I'm doing great, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be back and excited to be finally crowned the champ. Yeah, so uh, I feel like you, you felt pretty confident throughout the season, even though, so you had the first pick in the war draft, and with that pick, you took Jacob deGrom. Now, Jacob deGrom, for those of you that don't know, despite only pitching 15 games this year, finished with the best war on the Mets with a war of five, despite pitching in just those 15 games. And uh, that was enough for you to edge me out. You know, when, when we first started, you brought this idea to me. I said, whoever gets the first pick is going to have a huge advantage. And then you gifted me the first pick by pulling it out of a hat or Danielle, your wife picked it out of a hat, <laughs> gifted me the first overall pick gifted me Jacob deGrom and I just rode him to victory. He barely played the season and astonishingly still finished first on the Mets in war. Shocked, but not really. This season was just a disappointment as usual. We started so hot and the all-star break hit and just everything crashed and burned. I Looking back at the draft, I took Noah as my at the two three turn Noah and James McCann. McCann just didn't turn out at all. But Noah, I really thought he'd start pitching sooner to be worthy at the end of the second round. He just he came on what the, he got two innings the last his last two starts. But <laughs> I guess the crowd yeah, somehow, despite me. pitching just two innings this year, that was enough for uh, Baseball Reference to say that he had a negative point one WAR on the and season. So, a brutal second round pick. Um, McCann also at the, the two, three turn also yeah, just McCann, a, a negative point two. I, what are we going to do with catcher? I don't know. He's clearly not the answer. I mean, his defense is, I guess, decent, but that offense was atrocious. Yeah. Um, and then looking yeah. at my four five turn, I mean, this is besides the ground carrying me the whole way. This is really, really where I, I made the win with, VR with a 1.8 war, which very was, solid for a guy who was supposed to be a utility man. Yeah, we will take that all day. And then Pilar with the 0.5. I mean, not bad, not good, but for a fifth round pick, I'll take it. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I mean, that puts you over the top. So uh, we'll reveal the scores here. So Ross, you won it with your five guys totaling an ERA of, uh, sorry, a war of 7.0. I was just behind you. At 6.7. So, yeah. So, without the uh, contributions of the ER boys, VR and PR, or Valar and Pilar, uh, you wouldn't have edged me out because you only had me by three-tenths of a point. I, um, I was getting nervous towards the end of the season. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I well, the thing was, I took Pete Alonzo. Uh, I had the uh, fifth and sixth picks. 
And uh, I took uh, Jeff McNeil and Pete Alonzo at the uh, five, six turn. Alonzo finished with the second best war on the team at 4.3. And, uh, you know, like I said, that was almost enough to top you. I mean, really where we, where we all messed up was that we picked 25 Mets and yet somehow none of us picked Aaron loop, who I think had an, had a war of over two. Uh, I believe he had the sixth best war on the team this year and none of us picked him. Like if I had picked him instead of, you know, any of my other guys besides uh, Alonzo, you know, I, I end up uh, beating you easily, but you know, what's the, uh, what's, what's that expression? Uh, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, I guess. I, it's just so surprising. I guess the he's the lefty. I don't know. No one thought to take him. It's, you know, we're, I'm looking at the guys that were taken. The loop I mean, was 2.8 this year, which was like, I said, like I said, sixth best on the team. Diaz. I get it. Trevor may. I get it. Familia. I get it. I guess you went Miguel Castro over loop. I guess that's a toss up and Lugo. I get going ahead of him, but I guess the Castro versus loop. That's going to come back to haunt you, Justin. Yeah, that that's the one, you know, and I, and really looking back it actually was, probably pretty ill-advised on us like i'm looking at his stats now in 2020 in the uh shortened season uh he had a 252 era so i mean probably i I don't know what we were thinking i guess we just thought he was gonna be this lefty specialist who other than the short year in 2020 had always been a pitcher who was okay and uh yeah we we just all missed it we missed it yeah we just all uh missed the boat there um not taking Aaron loop. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I mean, there's not a whole lot of people that I care. They're back next year. Aaron loop is probably one of the ones. Cause I mean, he was, you know, one of the only reliable players uh, that we had this season. Speaking of coming back next year, we got a lot of decisions to make the infield, the outfield, the pitching staff. I mean, the whole team, it might be a brand new team next year. Very well. Uh, might be. So, uh, as we said, um, we wanted to bring you on for a few minutes. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if uh, if if Adam, Alex, and uh, Travis uh, remember, but uh, we had said on that wardrobe that we each had to buy you a six pack, uh, <laughs> or that all losers had to buy the winner a six pack. So you got like 24 beers coming your way. That's so, perfect. Uh, right in the middle of football season, Sundays will be treating me good. I like IPAs. I'm a big IPA guy, but I'll, if you want to send me something that you guys like that want me to try I'm, i'll definitely go for it yeah well as your brother-in-law i'm gonna send you some good stuff i, I got some tree houses uh coming you your way me good beer justin i, I i'm not <laughs> worried about you <laughs> no no bud light no miller light <laughs> all right well as we said we want i wanted to bring you on as the champ to uh be able to let you you know bask in your glory to the world uh you know for uh, a couple minutes here but um before before uh we get to uh the main part of the pod uh you know just give me as we about to head into the uh, 2020 or sorry, 2021, 22 off season, give me uh you know, one thing you really want to see Steve Cohen uh, do here uh, this winter. One thing that, that that's tough. Well, first, before I even finish up, I do want to say besides not trade Jacob deGrom. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that, but um, I do want to say Justin teases me sometimes because I have, been known for my over-the-top celebration. So I'm trying to keep this one in check, but let's just put out a reminder that I am the champ. I've also (laughs) been in two The Challenge MTV drafts with Justin and have beaten him both times. So just let everyone know that I am quite good at drafting. (laughs) You don't watch The Challenge. I don't don't get it. You got to get started. Great show. It's the fifth sport. I mean, you're you're missing the boat if you're not watching it. Let's talk one thing. <sighs> one thing. I have two things, but I'm going to go with one. And that is, I think we got to re-sign Michael Conforto. So give him really? a qualifying offer. Okay. I think he's the homegrown talent. I think he's got it. He had an off year, but I, I, I don't want to see him go. I know if he goes, he's going to be good somewhere else. And I don't think that is the biggest need. I think we have other needs and I think if we just can re-sign him and just find other pieces elsewhere from outside the Mets, I think we'll be okay. 
I think we he's a perfectly fine right fielder. His defense has been pretty good this year. I think his offense will be okay. He's shown it before. I I think we have we have bigger needs. So let's keep with what we got. We know he's good. Um, I want to resign Conforto. Okay. Um, you said uh, he had an off year. I'd argue that uh, in his uh, six and a half years uh, with the Mets, he had uh, about five off years. I think he was like decent when they called him up in 2015 and he had a great 60 games in 2020. Uh, other than that, um, I'd argue that uh, he left a lot to be desired during his uh, Mets tenure. But you know what? This is this is your day, Ross. You're you're uh, you're being celebrated as the champ because your five players compiled a war that was three tenths of a point better than mine. But uh, like I said, uh, I'll, I'll just have to try and get you next year. Um, well, Ross, anyways, uh, thanks again for uh, taking a few minutes to uh, come on the pod and uh, celebrate your uh, war championship. Uh, and uh, everyone just hang on a sec and uh, you'll have the uh, main part of the uh, Born in 87 pod where uh, we really uh, put the 2021 uh, Met season to uh, bed and uh, make, uh, I guess, you know, I guess we'll probably make some uh, week, what week are we up to? Week five NFL picks. All right. Enjoy. Awesome. Thanks so much, Justin. And the champ will be here next season protecting his belt. All right. Thanks, Ross. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. See you. Welcome to another edition of the Born in 87 podcast. I'm Justin Appel. I'm Adam Goodstone. And uh, we're two diehard Met, Jet, and Nick fans who are never happy because we root for the Mets, Jets, and Knicks. And uh, I think that'll be uh, never more evident than today when uh, we put to bed the just wonderful 2021 Mets season and uh, review the uh, results of our war draft. It's not a great Mets season, Justin. I don't know if our listeners realize that. Um, so uh, me and you were in a bunch of those like Mets uh, Facebook groups, and I saw someone make a post. I-, I really hope they were kidding, and they're like, "I love the Mets. I don't care if the season was disappointing, uh, but I miss baseball in the winter. I'm gonna uh, rewatch every game from the beginning of spring spring training to game 160." Two, I've got them all on DVR, and I was like, "That's just a very, very sad life." Maybe it's uh, what, what was our friend's name from that Met group? Oh, I don't even remember. Was I blocked like, him out. I, I just actually wasn't it like Don Pepe, something like that. We could look it up. <laughs> I deleted Facebook. It's it's uh, ruining people's minds. They're trying to destroy our democracy. I just I've had enough of it. I just, I'm just I, saying. I I really hope that person was kidding because I couldn't imagine like a worse way to spend your winter than to just relive the 2021 Mets. Yeah. It sounds absolutely terrible. Anyways, listeners uh, should know that you made an outline for this podcast and I don't, I, you didn't share it with me. I had to request permission to access it. Oh, sorry. So thanks. If anyone's curious, it's been quite a week. I bought and sold a house and uh, it was my birthday. It's been pretty crazy. Happy birthday. I I haven't done all my prep. It's not going to be a great. I did wish you a happy birthday on the uh, preview with, are on the uh, pod opening with Ross. Well, that's great. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. I, I told, in fact, I told all the listeners that you couldn't be there because it was your birthday. Oh, and everyone. Nice. And because uh, of the name of our podcast, everyone knows exactly how old you just turned. That's true. I, I turned 21. <laughs> yeah. That's how math works. All right. Well, to make things even crazier, it's my Nana's birthday and I'm going to call. So I'll, I'll be back. Nana? I'm going to talk to my Nana. I love my Nana. I'll be back. Alex, you're taking over co-hosting duties. It's not a great Adam week. All right. Bye guys. So uh, while Adam uh, goes and talks to his Nana. uh, Yeah. Let's, let's introduce our guest. It's uh, Alex Biggleson. uh, One of the participants in uh, the war contest that we had here on the uh, born in 87 podcast this year. Um, I know I already said it in the opening with Ross, but in case you skip that part, uh, (laughs) We uh, sorry, Adam's waving. I think he's waving to his grandmother uh, via a second Zoom. He's on Zoom with us on the podcast. I think he's on a second Zoom with his grandmother. Um, there's just a lot of Zooming right now. Sorry. Um, if you skip the intro with uh, Ross, uh, 
Before the season, uh, Adam and I, along with three diehard Met fans, Alex Bigelson being one of them, uh, did a uh, contest where we did a snake draft, drafting all of the Mets. And uh, idea being is if you drafted the team with the best cumulative war, you were going to win. Uh, Alex was a part of that, um, finishing in uh, third place. Uh, but sorry, en- enough uh, enough preamble with the uh, intro. Alex, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I'm watching good teams play baseball tonight, so it's a bit refreshing from what we usually do. It's the playoffs. Yeah, although I will say that, uh, so we're rec- we're recording this uh, on Thursday night, October seventh, and uh, I will say watching the wild card games the last two nights, it did hurt a bit because it's like on Tuesday night you're watching the Yankees and the Red Sox, and it's like the Yankees are annoying for obvious reasons. The Red Sox, it's like, I'm just annoyed by how much Boston has won over the last 20 years. And then you look last night, Cardinals, Dodgers, and it's like, on one side, you got Wainwright and Molina, and it's like, Jesus Christ, these guys are still there after all these years. And on the other side, you just got this Dodgers team uh, with like Justin Turner, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, like all these guys I just don't like at all i I don't know if you felt this way or you were just like happy to watch better teams play baseball (laughs) yeah i'll admit i was just happy to watch better teams play baseball i don't really mind the dodgers like i still like justin turner he didn't want to leave the mets kicked him up kicked him out because they were stupid so i still like him uh boogie betts is one of my favorite players to watch i'll admit i really like max scherzer i'm glad he's not on the nationals (laughs) because now i could actually like watching him pitch and like not feel bad about it so they're they're like i I think they're a really fun team i think they're the model that we want to follow so I hope that we can do what they're doing over there in LA. And I hate the Cardinals. So like ever since 06, really I've hated the Cardinals, especially seeing Wainwright and Molina who made me cry back in 06 back out there. I'm thrilled to watch them loose. Fair enough. But Uh, actually the main thing I felt while watching it though, just like I felt like left out. Like we thought we were going to be in the playoffs for so long. And we've been to a wild card game. That's a blast. It's so much fun to like feel that energy and, in a wild stadium during a wild card game and any playoff game i know it's want that again it's it's just crazy that it's like you look back in that like 2015 16 run that like it all just fell apart so quickly and now this franchise has missed the playoffs for five straight years Mm -hmm. like our wild card Um, game was heartbreaking but like that was still one of the most fun times i've ever had at city field that was a oh yeah i mean the energy was the energy was unbelievable um I mean, it was an unbelievably intense game, like with that game going zero, you know, being zero zero into uh, the ninth, uh, you know, Syndergaard and uh, Bumgarner just going head to head. But um, uh, th- that was five years ago. Um, Time so, uh, yeah. So uh, w- one thing. I, so I'm looking at the results of uh, the war contest that we did. And just one thing that like jumped out at me was just like, the number of guys with either like negative wars or just like really low wars, like under one. And it's like, I don't, I just thought this team had like more good players than this. Like, like, I don't know if there was anything like looking at these results that like, you know, anything else that like really jumped out to you. No, I think that's really it. Like the, it, the thing that surprises me is that everyone basically underperformed besides like Stroman, Alonzo, Maybe I guess Nimmo. Nimmo when he was healthy, yeah. And for as bad as Lindor was in the beginning, from like Memorial Day on, he was basically his career averages. So it was nice to see like yeah. the second half Lindor be himself. And he still finished with a yeah. decent war, for mostly from his defense. Yeah, I mean, he had a 3.1, which is, I mean, certainly a lot better than some of the guys in this team. I mean, you look Dom Smith, negative 0.7. Michael Conforo, only a 0.5. Uh, you know, going down the line. I mean, um, Carlos Carrasco, negative point nine. That um, shocked me. I mean, yeah, I mean, one thing that's interesting, you know, looking at this, uh, Ross, who ended up winning this thing, no thanks to uh, Noah Syndergaard. He took Noah Syndergaard with the tenth overall pick in this war draft, and you know, we saw him. He pitches two innings all year. Apparently, those innings were bad enough to give him a negative point one and not just a zero. But wow, uh, James McCann is another one, negative point two. You know, that was one of our big signings last offseason. 
just like just really disappointing number. I mean, even Taiwan Walker, Taiwan Walker pitches great in the first season, makes the all-star game and is so like mediocre to bad in the second half. He finishes the season with just a 0.4 war. Wow. I did not realize an all-star this year. The second half made it brought it down that much. I wonder if he's a candidate to move to the bullpen because it seemed like he did not have the stamina to last all year. So if they sign other yeah. starters. And he is under contract going into next year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so should we do the uh the like try to be optimistic, like ever eternal, the uh Mets will be good next year thing? <laughs> Just the way we are. I have no logical reason to really think that yet, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so could Taiwan Walker end up in the bullpen next year? So I guess in like a perfect world, DeGrom is back and healthy. Syndic- they give Syndergaard takes the qualifying offer. Uh, Marcus Stroman gets re-signed. Um, they've got, you know, Tyler McGill. Carlos Carrasco is like, you know, um, you know, like a year after uh, his injury, he's back to himself. Um, you know, David Peterson maybe ends up as like our number six. And yeah, why not? Then Taiwan Walker ends exactly. up in the bullpen because <laughs> all those things are going to happen. Also, I wonder if they'll bring Trevor Williams back because he, like, under the radar, pitched very well after they got him. So he could be a decent swing man back, back into the rotation, spot starter. Yeah, that's a good thought. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, could all those things, I guess. Um, should we do the obligatory also uh, bring up that uh, even though I already brought it up with Ross at the top, the um, we're all idiots for not drafting Aaron loop. Somehow we drafted 25 yeah. Mets and Aaron loop wasn't one. There's only 26 guys on a rock. Well, granted the Mets actually had probably like 50 guys on the roster this year, but I think uh, somehow when we did the war draft, I think we were just all disappointed that Aaron loop wasn't Brad hand. And then by the end of the year, we were glad he wasn't Brad, that he wasn't Brad hand. And then we got Brad. He had Brad hand and he left a lot to be desired. Yeah. I was surprised. He actually had like a decent ERA for us. And like, I was shocked to see that it must've all been the end of the year when I wasn't watching as much. Cause I remember seeing him like blow some games. Yeah. It it was really crazy this year. Just like, cause I feel like the Mets have had a lot of these, like over the years, they've had a lot of these years where like they play okay. And then they start to like tail off, but it's always like, I feel like these years where like, like, they're maybe hanging around 500. They're like, like almost like the year when they traded like, uh, what was his name? Uh, Casimir for like Victor Zambrano. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they were four games out of the wild card. And they were trying to like convince us that they were in it. But like, this wasn't that like they were in first place for over a hundred days this season. And but- by September, they went from like being in first place for four months to being completely unwatchable. The, the weird thing with the season is like, did we ever actually think they were good? Like they were never hitting. We were always just like, they're in first place and they're up by a few games, but we never like felt that confident in this team because no one really hit. We, we knew the pitching was going to be great, especially the first half. I mean, they were, and it was definitely also the product of being in a crappy division. I mean, Arizona, oh, yeah. I mean, Arizona, Atlanta won this division with what, like 87 wins, mm-hmm. which is and, even more infuriating because it, like it would not have taken that much to win this division. And I think the reason, uh, you know, us Mets fans stayed so excited despite the fact that this team wasn't great was because the first half of the year, Jacob deGrom, who finishes the season with the best war on the team at a 5.0, despite playing in just 15 games this year. And like, you just kept thinking like, if he comes back and you can get to the playoffs, just having deGrom is such a weapon, like having him being able to pitch twice in a playoff series gives you a chance to win a championship. Like they just have to get in. Like if they can win this division with 87 wins, so be it. They'll have DeGrom, but obviously after uh, we never saw DeGrom after the all-star break. And uh, you know, I mean, that was sad too, because I mean, he was having this like just outrageous, unbelievable, like Sandy Koufax type season. And we didn't get to, you know, see him finish it out. Like we got these 15 starts where he was otherworldly. And then that was it. Like it was, I mean, I think we said it a lot, like in our like uh, text thread throughout the year, like he literally pitched too hard for his body to be able to handle it. Yeah. I I kept seeing these stats pop up on Twitter where like 
it showed the starting pitchers with the most 100 mile per hour plus pitches. And I think DeGrom had like well over double the next guy. It, it was insane. Although maybe that's why his elbow gave out. Yeah. <sighs> I, I think the thing with this year um, is like, I don't know if this is my stupid Mets optimism, but like the whole season we were like, okay, no one's hitting, but we're still in like in first place by a few games. So we just got to keep this up and the bats will come around and it never happened. Like we were just waiting for McNeil and Dom JD to hit a little and they just, their bats never came alive. Like they've showed us before. It's crazy. I mean, I know one thing we talked about a lot on the, uh, you know, in that war pod that we did back in March was that the Mets. And one reason we were excited about this team was that the Mets had, you know, every year MLB uh, network releases their best hundred players in the sports sport list. And the Mets had seven guys on that list. And only one of them was a like DeGrom was the only pitcher on the list. So they had six offensive players and it's just crazy how, you know, much they underperformed. I mean, Pete Alonso finished with a 4.3, very respectable, um brandon nimmo uh respectable uh 3.6 although you would have hoped it would have been more because you know brandon nimmo just can never seem to play that much baseball he tends to just get hurt way too much uh francisco lindor 3.1 but you know we were obviously you'd be hoping for better than that Uh, and a lot of that was because of his defense and then it just like goes off a cliff michael conforto 0.5 Dom Smith negative point three, and uh, Jeff McNeil zero point five. Sorry, no, Jeff McNeil was a little better than that, one point five. But still, like you know, Jeff McNeil, a guy that was so consistent his first three years in uh, in the sport. I mean, you look his 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 on base percentage his first three years every year was between like three eighty and three eighty five, and then this year just wildly dipped. but uh, why don't we use that as a transition to the next thing we wanted to talk about? And that was that uh, we wanted to talk about just like one thing we want to see them do this off season. Um, and for me, the one thing I want to, I'll point to is uh, almost actually something I don't, I want to see them not do is I feel like there's so much talk right now about how they got to shake things up and um, uh you know, just have like some sort of a culture change then that like McNeil's going to be on the block and Dom Smith's going to be on the block. And, you know, watching the Dodgers last night, I just had this thought and I was like, we let Justin Turner go when he was like a promising young player. And he's gone on to have this like illustrious career uh, with That's the a Los great word. Dodgers. Illustrious. Oh, Adam's back. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Illustrious. How's, how's really Nana? Great word. Nana's Nana's good. Nana seemingly had a good birthday. She thought the dinner choice was not the best. My parents took her out to dinner, and uh, she didn't love dinner. Um, so I don't I don't really know why. It sounded like a lovely dinner, but uh, Nana's okay. Well, happy birthday to Nana! Happy birthday, Nana! Happy, happy birthday, Nana! Yeah. Um. So where was I? Oh, I was saying, you look at like what happened with Justin Turner. I could just see like if they trade. Jeff McNeil, the same thing happening. Like a guy who was so good his first three years. And you really think McNeil's gonna go? I just, I see Dom going. I don't. McNeil's like Mister. No, I, I'm saying I hope not. I hope they don't trade him. I want him back because I don't know. I think there was just so much stink around this team this year. Maybe he was playing hurt, and I think if they bring him back, I, I think more likely he returns to the form of what we saw him 2018 to 2020. And uh, also, if I bring him back, I would just let him play left field every day because uh, you know, one guy we've yet to mention is Javi Baez, who, uh, despite the thumbs down thing, I-, I hope they re-sign because a lot of guys I don't come think to he's New York back. and are bad. I don't know. The last day of the season didn't sound great about him coming back. They're like, he's not playing. <laughs> and they're like, for obvious reasons. That, that didn't it seem like a great sign that he was going to be brought back. I don't know. See, I, I mean, I could see us bringing him back a... and thinking he's the player he was for us, who was actually a little patient at the plate for his standards, and then him being strikeout all the time, two ninety on base percentage, Javi bias. That's how the Mets go. possible. I guess where I was that going is... with my point though is, 
that uh, I almost didn't realize like just how good Jeff McNeil is in left defensively in left field compared to second base, because once they got by as they started playing McNeil every day in left field. And I was crazy impressed with just how good he was out there. Like just, I would let, let McNeil come back. Hopefully he, his off, you know, offensively he comes back to the form that we saw his first three years. And I think if you make him your everyday left fielder, you've got a, you know, you've got a really good defensive left fielder. Um, Isn't he still you know, under contract? Too? Like they'd position. have to, mm-hmm. have to trade him. I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah, he's under like, contract be, for three more years. You'd be selling super low on him. Well, that, and, that's that would happen with him or Dom. Yeah, I feel like someone will talk themselves into Dom. I, I don't know if someone would talk themselves into McNeil. I, I have one wild idea for for Dom. Maybe not. What's your wild, wild idea? I, I think we should package him and some prospects, but not our top top guys, for uh, Byron Buxton. See if the twins oh. would be interested in that. Because he's never really put it together. Guy. Totally. And I see the faults with him. And he's been hurt a ton. But are you that's, a big that's Dom the guy only either? fault with him. When he I, plays, I, he's great. So I think that's why I think what the position does Dom he play? I'm sorry, I don't follow the uh, twins. He's at an all. outfielder, right? Center, center field, like a tremendous defensive center fielder. But he gets hurt. Like he's, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll go look up how many games he's played. It's, oh, it's, it's not, not a lot. Per that's season. why I he, think they would be willing. never healthy. So if they would swap him for Dom, I think that's kind of worth it. It's a better positional fit. Maybe they want to hope Dom turns it back around like he was the two years before. And we get a good defensive center fielder. Here's his games played. 46, 92, 140, 28, 87, 39, 61. It's it's pretty outrageous how injured this guy is. I wouldn't give up a ton for him, but if they would do Dom and maybe like one of not our totally top prospects, I think that'd be fair just to do a little change of scenery for Dom. And then the Mets um, staff is there. Their uh, their health staff is so good at keeping guys healthy that he'll uh, <laughs> revitalize Byron Buxton's career. I don't know. I said it was a crazy Maybe. idea. Did all of their doctors and trainers get fired? Do we know if that happened? Well, they did. They, I think they did change the staff when Steve took over. So clearly, it didn't change much. I read on Twitter that they told everyone to go apply for jobs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that applies. <laughs> that was the tweet. It was like. Hefner, maybe they're debating bringing back literally everyone else on staff to like go, go scratch. I mean, Hefner <laughs> should be brought back. He was, yeah, the pitching staff was great this year. He's the one you definitely I mean, That's the keep. only reason they stay competitive for four months. Yeah. And the end of the year, I mean, they, you know, the bullpen got tired because they were overworked, but, you know. And the team, it's just I mean, there's something that's... happened to them. They're just, their heart got taken from them, right? They just completely died. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also telling that uh, I don't know if you saw the report that uh, Jeff McNeil and Aaron Loop uh, came out after the season and said that there was a clear lack of leadership in the clubhouse. Yeah, they didn't have a manager who was any good. Yeah. Yeah. Did we talk about Louis Rojas already when I was talking? We have not. No, really? Yeah, we were just kind of going through all the players and the disappointing uh, war scores. But uh, yeah, let's have the Louis Rojas discussion. Um, I guess what I just, is there to discuss? He was bad. He lost his really, job. Yeah. Yeah. And what do managers even do in 2021 baseball? Well, I'll say this, Alex. Oh. I think after watching Callaway and uh, Rojas the last four <laughs> years, I think it's fair to say that um, I don't know how much a manager uh, will, ele- like a good manager, maybe elevates your team anymore mm-hmm. in 2021. I think a perfect example of that is that, like, I always thought Joe Girardi was a really good manager. Like there were a bunch yeah. of years with the Yankees, like in those late Jeter and A-Rod years where like the Yankees would have a, like negative run differentials on the season and still win like 87, 88 games, meaning that they were like winning a lot more than, you know, the, you know, the, the run scores versus against would indicate, mm-hmm. but you look since he into the Phillies, like, you know, they just they haven't been great. They've been okay. They've been a team that's been winning 80 something games, but hasn't made the, the playoffs with them. And I think you're seeing that just like maybe in today's day and age with all the analytics, like I don't know how much a great manager elevates you, but I think a bad manager can still certainly hundred percent. Yeah. Because like I mean, like, what do you think Philly fans were saying about Gabe Kapler two years ago? And now what are Giants fans saying about him? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like managers in general get a bad rap, but Rojas was not very good. I mean, what is the explanation for why all their players underperform? Is it that they overperform beforehand? And this is like a revert to the, the mean? Like what, what was it? Why was this team just so bad? 
that's so confusing. And that's also what I'm afraid of, that they overperformed before. Right. McNeil did it his whole career. Dom had back-to-back great years. No, Dom had one good year, and it was in the small sample. Before that, he had he, he was okay down the stretch, but like most of the season, he wasn't very good. He had like almost his 900 OPS in 2019. Not in a really? playing time. Fair enough. I think he did. No, let me, let me double check. Uh, yeah, he had an 881. In only 197 at-bats. So yeah, maybe Dom was a small sample issue, because then you just have the, small, the short season the next year. I mean, I was the biggest Dom fan coming to the season, but I mean, yeah, you know, we didn't address just... that too much in the war draft conversation. Oh, that I took him yeah, the first round. Dom the second overall pick, and he was so bad they they literally couldn't play him. I mean, he was was he like twelfth in MVP voting the year before? Like, it wasn't total. I mean, it was a little yeah. crazy. It wasn't I totally think... crazy. I thought he was about to just light baseball on fire, and clearly that was inaccurate. <laughs> I think we all expected yeah. it to go to Gromlin door one and two, and that just blew our minds. Yeah, I want to have a little fun with it also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, things aren't great. Still finished ahead of Travis, team. though. I couldn't believe that. Well, I had Nimmo, who was a war machine. Yeah. And then well, Travis had Carrasco, okay, who was it? Well, he had Carrasco, Actually, who was just a complete disaster. And Yormi wasn't terrible. He was positive. I like Yormi yeah. a lot. I, he's, I think he's a great bench player. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just Dom Dom having negative war as my first player taken was wasn't great. Yeah. Um all right. Well Well you you, you uh, had talked a any... while ago like what we what we'd like to see them do. Um, yeah, what would you look fire Sandy Alderson? That's what I would like. And then I would like them to hire Theo Epstein, who apparently that won't happen. Yeah. Just throw him as much money as he wants and fire Sandy Alderson. It really seems like Cohen has like a soft spot in his heart for Alderson. Just trust him and like there was that picture of the two of them in the box together, just like hanging out. You just get the sense that they're friends, and it, it just seems like they they need someone new in there, and it shouldn't be Sandy Alderson. I don't I don't know why it is. I think we're gonna get the uh, the Oakland combo. Sandy's gonna move to a non baseball operations role and be like president of the business side, and if we can get. Billy Bean and Bob Melvin, I will be thrilled. Weren't That's they it. both? Weren't they like pretty much nose? I thought I read that today. I don't know. I don't know. I, there was like some bozo saying that on Twitter, but like not a lot of real reporters say. Are you saying that people on Twitter lie? <laughs> yeah, like I love the Mets blogosphere and Mets Twitter community. It's a lot of fun, but like I'll, I'll save it for the real journalists to tell to say when someone is not going to take. I was mesmerized online saying yeah, that I, I Billy Bean was like, and I don't. I think they're terrible. They're going to come after me now. <laughs> they have like, they have a lot of feelings and they talk about their feelings a lot on that on Twitter. So so, so I did see that yesterday and I was at first like very disappointed because I think that's such a good plan for us. Like moneyball with a billionaire. Like that's just perfect. Right. But then I realized who it was from. I was like, I'm not gonna get too disappointed yet. I just want to know what happened with Theo. Like, just give him two percent. Just do it. Make him part of the ownership group. He's worth it. I've read a couple of like common theories on it. One is that he wants to just be commissioner or he wants to try to put together his own ownership group rather than like Steve giving him a few percent. He wants to try to put together a group where he'd have a lot more control. <sighs> that would have just just, been the one. Are you, you're so, yeah. I was, and go back to the Oakland combo. I just like Bean's been there so long. I just, I don't know. It, well, it's it a fun full game. Circle. Like, what would the number? What would the number have to be to actually finally get Bean to leave Oakland? Because clearly he's had offers over the years. I mean, it's been well known how in like the early two thousands he turned down the Red Sox. Like, like what do you think that number is? Is it like twenty million a year? Twenty five? I, I, I don't even know what GM salaries or crazy. president salaries normally are. But I think I don't know anything about him. Hopefully, he's a little sentimental. The Mets drafted him originally, so it could be coming full circle for him. Apparently he has somewhat of a relationship. True. He was with in Steve the uh, the documentary. Exactly. He um he has somewhat of a relationship with Cohen. Apparently he's been like a guest speaker at point seventy two, to like talk about Moneyball and all that. So there's a chance, and maybe he's finally realized that like this is as good as I can make the Oakland days on this budget, especially as like they don't even know if they're going to be in Oakland anymore. Come win a world, try to win a World Series with a billionaire budget doing Moneyball. 
Like it seems like a great situation for him as, as long as he's like cool moving across the country. And if he wants to work for big uh, if Cohen, right? But yeah, money can I take care of that. Well, that's why I'm saying I think the money would have to be pretty outrageous because he's he's been you know in an or you know a cheap organization for so long that like you know. I mean, I think it would clearly just have to be a money thing. Like, I don't think he'd have an issue working for Cohen. It's just a matter of, you know, does Cohen want to give him, you know, make him probably not just the highest paid general manager in baseball, but like the, the highest, highest paid, paid general ever manager in baseball by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. By a lot. Finally, it makes it. If you had to guess, who's pro- like if I had to guess, Brian Cashman's probably the highest paid GM in baseball. If I had to guess, like, I don't know. Would you give who? Like, would you give? You say, do you want us like to guess who the next season is? Cashman? I, I, I have a guess. Oh, do, do you have it up? Oh no, no. I just have a guess who's who would be after Cashman. I, I think the Red Sox probably paid Bloom a lot. Who and we paid Brody instead of paying Kyle Bloom. So that, but I was not complaining about the Wilpons anymore. They're gone. But, oh, that was we tough. can keep complaining about the Will Ponds. We can always complain about the Will Ponds. <laughs> the, the gift that keeps on giving. Especially since so much of the Will Ponds stink was uh, on this uh, 2021 Mets team. Yeah. Where that, yeah, when we hired Brody, right. they also interviewed Bloom. I don't feel like this has been... Sometimes, Justin, we complain about our teams and it's cathartic. This didn't feel cathartic. I'm, I'm really troubled about the future of the Mets and I didn't think I was going to be here today. If I thought a year ago, I'd feel really good about the Mets. I just want to embrace the idea of change. I think there's going to be a lot of change this offseason, and this is really when Steve Cohen's going to like put his stamp on the team. And let's just hope they actually hire the right people. You, you bring up Brian Cashman. Do you, would you want so, him if the Yankees do get rid of him? I don't think they will. But if he is... I'd take him. I mean, sure. He's better than what we've had. I mean, Brian. Cashman, I don't think I mean, he's going to get. Say what fired you want about Brian Cashman. The guy, they've never had a losing season, and he right. pulled the very like, you know. I mean, I know a lot of Yankee fans can't stand Cashman, and maybe it's just that he's been there way too long. But he also like pulled the very, very hard to do like being competitive while you rebuild. Yeah, like they, the you know, like basically rebuild wins? those last like few Jeter A Rod years, and never had a season where they finished under five hundred. They're always in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Like this was a that. bad year for them, losing in the wild card game, right? And they won ninety two games. That was a bad year for them. Like it might get their so, GM and yeah, fired that bad, which like we would be thrilled, right? Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully we have some good news before too long, though. With the stupid playoffs, we're gonna have to wait a while to maybe get any good news to this Mets team. Is is there anything that would give you hope for them? Like any off- realistic offseason possibilities that would make you feel hopeful? Theo Epstein. Okay. If that magically <laughs> happened. Or Billy Bean. Um, but I, I'm feeling like we're just going to end up with like a rando and not get That's one of these I'm top guys. Of. I just think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be someone we've barely heard of. You, the stink of the Mets is still there. Do you think Beltron ends up get? Sorry, do you think Beltron ends up becoming the manager? I, you I know, it's funny. Really good it? This happens. There's definitely like recordings of me just saying, I don't want Carlos Beltran to be the manager. And he's like a morally bankrupt human being. And I, I just want him. I want him so bad now Yep. after what happened with Alex Cora. And then hearing that Alex Cora learned everything he knows from Carlos Beltran and then seeing how well Cora did when he came back. It's like, yes, just, just exactly. give me him. I just want to win. I will sell my soul for a title for one of my three teams at this point. If Cora and AJ Hinch can both manage, why can't Beltron? That's not fair. Yeah, no, I think Belt, I mean, I think they might go get him. I really think there's a legitimate possibility. Yeah. But like, if I he if, think, would like, he get supposed to would he have to get suspended though if they hired him? Like would he ha- would that like happen after he started or did well, he technically said, serve a suspension? Well, I don't think he gets suspended because technically they said no players will get in trouble. That was like the whole deal when they interviewed people. They said like players won't get in trouble. So that's why I thought with maybe the exception of Carlos Beltran. <laughs> he, was the only player, he was the only player named in the report as being like responsible. And then I think the reporting was like, he was the most responsible of anyone in the organization that they referred that to him. Yeah. But there was also a lot of people that said felt. Yeah. But there was also 
a lot said at the time that like he was also thrown under the bus because all the other players were still active. So he like mm-hmm. he took the um whatchamacallit, what am I trying to say? Like he took the blame so that none of the active guys would get suspended and he was already retired. Give me or the guy who does whatever was... takes the win. Oh, think... Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Even if he gets suspended for a little bit at the beginning of the season, who cares? He'll be back. Who cares? Um you well, know, Alex Cora really had a one year suspension, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm. I feel like there's some sort of probably like legal loop, loophole where they could be like, oh well, since he got fired, he technically served his suspension. Well, if they bring him in, they got to replace Cowbell Man with uh, Trash Can Man. <laughs> you just walk around <laughs> banging a trash can. So we just embrace it. Just embrace. Absolutely. Just That's really. We'll, have, we'll bring trash. That was pretty good, right, Justin? That was really good. Um, It came to me on the fly. On that note, now that (laughs) that we're actually laughing at trash can man, is that we're going to? All right, we we have a long off season to talk about. uh, You know what what the Mets are going to do, and you know how they'll look in twenty twenty two. But let's let's talk about something positive. Uh, Let's get into our uh, week five NFL picks and uh, talk about the fact that uh, our beloved Jets won a game and we were able to feel good about it yeah i've never seen I, a jet uh, make throws like that that was like i was yelling at my tv in excitement at a jet game for the first time same. in like, a decade yeah because i mean last year like the two games they won it just sucked because it was like oh we're not getting trevor lawrence like i don't know you felt like iffy about like i don't know i feel like gate two years ago that i mean they went seven and nine but you felt like gase just put a whole stink over like such a stink over the whole franchise um oh i just took sorry me and adam are facing each other in uh fantasy uh this week i just took the lead on you adam russell Wilson touchdown all right it was a metcalf touchdown yep so well i'm winning for it, now yes <laughs> you i have no have, one you, in fantasy have, you have no one going in this game i have none of my players <laughs> going yet and it's still very early and this has been a low scoring game and nobody cares about this <laughs> Sorry. Um, That's okay. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, it was so much fun. Like, yeah, I, I, I felt the same way, Alex. I'm like yelling at my TV. My, uh, my almost two year old son was like, what are these reactions? Like, I haven't seen you like, like, <laughs> like I, he's never yet seen me in his short life, like react to this way to sports. Like he was like, what are you getting excited about? I've never seen you get excited like this. It was weird. It was nice. I uh, I have been so. And I'm busy glad it happened before the season got like. Sorry, I was gonna say I've been so busy with all this house <laughs> stuff and uh, my birthday and Nana's birthday that I didn't really. I had to watch the 15 minute recap. I couldn't watch it live, so I didn't get a sense of like actually what happened. But he he certainly looked pretty impressive. In the first half, I was all like, "I'm done. I don't know how many more weeks I could do this. Like, I don't, I'm not even mad. They just make football boring." And then Zach Wilson showed up in that second half. And these defenses think, look much better than I expected. They're like really attacking the quarterback. I mean, there is a narrative that he's he's a rookie. Rookies make a lot of mistakes. And yeah. They played three really difficult defenses, and we just all need to just take a collective chill pill. I mean, yeah, I wasn't really losing really good. I wasn't losing faith in Wilson yet because, like, you're right, he's a rookie, and give him time. I was more starting to worry that they were doing the exact same thing they did with Darnold. They just took a talented young quarterback put nothing around him with coaching and players and just totally ruined him. But well, so, I mean, it's still early for that too. It's hopefully we got the right staff around. They Wilson. are implementing a new blocking scheme, right? They're using zone blocking. And um, I just, every week the offensive line has played better and it seems like it's just taking them a little bit of time to adjust to this new scheme. But Vera Tucker also didn't really play at all in the preseason, and he's been getting better and better every week. So I just think everyone needs to chill out a little bit. Yeah. Also, the the, te- the Titans also, are terrible, and it could have just been that they played a bad team. Oh, sorry. That was it. Also, another thing that's very clear is, like, this group of receivers is definitely better than anything Donald was ever yeah. like, given a chance with. And having Crowder back, like, you noticed it made a huge difference last week. You're going into the season, like, having, I felt you know, like Davis, Crowder... Uh, Cole, um, you know, like, like he's playing with professional, like, it's not like these guys are like necessarily top of the league guys, but he's playing with professional skill position guys, which is not something I felt like you were ever able to really say with Sam Darnold. So, uh, I mean, Corey Davis looked really good. Crowder looked good. Kill and Cole look good. 
Yeah, the supers are so deep. Oh, sorry. It's, yeah, and how fun is it that like we've got these like I mean obviously one of them uh, came in with super high expectations into the league as like the third overall pick, but how cool is it that we have these brothers in Quentin and Quincy Williams like turning into stars before our eyes? That's going to be really fun. Like Quentin Williams in year three is like starting to really like live up to the hype best of like why he was the third overall pick. And Quincy Williams, I don't know how, who is it that let him go? Cause he just looks awesome. He's like all okay. over the field. Like, like it's, he's so good. Like, I don't, like maybe it's just like being able to play with his brother is like made him more co- like comfortable, but like, like, like it's, it's, it's just really cool to have these like two brothers together that are just like, playing so well i gotta say I, and they have I fun didn't, names i didn't i didn't know they were brothers <laughs> i only learned you it this weekend Quincy and quentin williams were brothers he, i didn't he's on uh jack he was on jacksonville he was a third yeah, round pick, so that's a pretty high pick. he's awesome yeah he was he's a third awesome. round pick so it's not like he was like a nobody did he also go to bama yeah yeah well, he was born in alabama he went to murray state doing. college oh okay mm. Not as high heralded, but I mean, he was. Well, to he be was a third round pick out of field. Murray State, that's impressive, actually. Yeah, yeah. But, All right, let's cool. let's um, do these let's do these picks. I gotta go continue to negotiate this uh, new house that I'm purchasing. <laughs> Sorry, um, so it's right. been a busy uh, first week. game. <laughs> so first game is the Jets game. They're in London, uh, playing the, the Atlanta worst Falcons. British <laughs> accent I've ever heard. <laughs> you want to take a stab at him? Uh, no, I I just think that's the only British accent that uh, our listeners should hear today. Um, all right, fair enough. Uh, so Sunday morning, not oh, well, Adam, you'll be able to watch uh, the game live. I'll be this able week to watch. Is, uh, I'm really of, excited. Yeah, one of one of their only two nationally televised games this year. Um, gotta, gotta Sunday morning, uh, the Jets will be playing the Falcons in London. Uh, Falcons are three point favorites. Um, yeah, I'm throwing any sort of practicality uh, out the window here. Um, I'm excited that the Jets won last week. The Falcons announced Calvin Ridley's not making the trip to uh, London. Um, the Falcons are not a good football team. Uh, I, I'm taking the Jets, and I think they win this game and get to two and three going into the bye. Yeah, I I agree. Adam? I think they I think they win. I mean, the Falcons have looked terrible, like you said. They're not going to have their wide receiver. I think the Jets win this game and they get a little bit of momentum. As we pointed out when we did the season preview, their schedule's not great. They're going to get some random wins. I totally agree. Yeah. Falcons um, don't look that yeah, good. It, Jets build yeah. off last week. Yeah. And not like I in any way expect them to make like a playoff run or anything, but they can go into the bye two and three. Like it just feels like this is this could be a fun season, you know, where we're just rooting for like improvement from our young players. Also, this matchup, like I just think this is a matchup where you've got your defense coming off a game where they played really well, and like now they get a chance to like rush against a team with like a very like older and mobile quarterback. Like I just think the defense could have a field day here. Sorry, Alex, who are you taking? <laughs> I'll, I'll take our i'll take the jets too it's it concerns me to pick my team but i just i don't think the yeah. Falcons are that good i think the jets have some momentum coming off of last week one thing i don't understand though like if the nfl wants english people to get into football why are you showing them the jets versus falcons uh they just they always send yeah. bad teams to london yeah. i don't know why i, I guess I'll, I'll maybe the good teams just bitch and moan about having it the only thing I could think of is that like the good teams bitch and moan about having to go there and uh, in an effort not to pick a fight, um, the NFL sends teams like the Jets and Falcons. I, I don't know. Um, oh, well, actually, no, there's, there's probably a good reason why the Jets are going. Wasn't uh, Woody Johnson like the ambassador to uh, he was. the UK? <laughs> he got fired from that position and all sorts of horrible things. So I don't think it's going to be exactly. A but he probably negotiated this. But he probably uh, negotiated this while he had that position to have them play this London game. It's very possible. I, I have no idea. Anyways, moving on. We're all taking the Jets plus three against Atlanta in London at 930. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited to watch uh, my team play at uh, 930. Not, not it's only going to play at 930, but like with no other games going on at 930 in the morning this Sunday. It's going to be uh, awesome. Next game. 
Yeah. Next game, uh, we got an all Florida battle: the Miami Dolphins at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks favored by ten. Um, I need a second, uh, Adam. You want to lead off on this one? I think the Dolphins cover. I don't know. The Bucks haven't looked that good. I think the Dolphins throw everything they got at them. I don't know. I feel also feel like you're going to take the Bucks, so I have to start making up games. I uh, whatever. I don't. I don't feel great about yeah, it. Yeah, going into this week, I'm nine and seven, and you're four and. Tw- yeah, going to this week, I'm nine and seven, and you're four and twelve. In my defense, I've been extremely oh, yeah, busy. It's not like last year when yeah, I was yeah, yeah. teaching from home and didn't have a commute and just think about football all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll take the Bucks. Um, I was kind of torn on this, but you know what? I think the Bucks they got through there like um they haven't played great for two straight weeks. They lose to the Rams, they barely eke out that win over the past. I think they're due for a game where they just sort of kick ass. I am a little worried that Tampa like doesn't have healthy corners, but the Dolphins are also having Jacoby Brissett play quarterback. So I I don't love it, but I'll I'll take uh Tampa minus ten. Alex, I'm gonna have to agree with you and go with Tampa. I uh, it's a big spread, but I don't think the Dolphins have looked that impressive yet. And like you were saying, I agree that the Bucks are due to just break out a little bit, put up some points. Ten's a right. big line. Sounds good. Uh, it is big. So I don't feel comfortable with that, but yeah, and I'm gonna feel even more uncomfortable with this next one because the Pats are nine point favorites. At the Houston Texans, um, I don't know. I really so don't want to. This pick like this goes game. against. We pick all the AFC East games, Adam. So this goes against like everything I've ever believed with betting: rookie quarterback being favored on the road, and not just being favored, but being favored by over a touchdown. But after seeing the Texans lose forty to nothing to Buffalo last week and just seeing how unprepared for the NFL Davis Mills is. I just, I just can't pick even with a, even like at home as nine point dogs, I can't pick them. I think also like, I also kind of think because the Texans had that weird week one win against Jacksonville, people think that this Houston team is better than it is like going into the year. Everyone said Houston was going to be the worst team in football. I think they probably are. It's just that, Everyone's like, oh, they're not 0-4. They're 1-3. and I feel like this line should probably be like 12. So I feel like you're actually probably getting like three points. So even though I don't love backing a rookie quarterback on the road by this much, I am going to take the Pats minus nine. Yeah, I think the Texans are bad. And I think the Pats are going to try to win by as much as they possibly can. They've been pretty frustrated lately. This is a show what you got game for them. Um, so Alex, uh, yeah. you going to uh, agree with us or try to go contrarian to try and win, uh, some free beers. I, uh, I got to agree with you guys because I think Houston sucks. <laughs> they, they might be the worst team in football and they beat the second worst team in football. So like Jacksonville also sucks and Bill Belichick knows how to beat really bad teams by a lot. Cause we've watched him beat our favorite, really bad team by a lot many times. So I'm also a terrible jets fan. Cause I love Bill Belichick because he always dressed Rutgers guys. So um, I think Bill Belichick's going to totally destroy a terrible team this weekend, and I will take the Patriots as well. All right. Um, to our last game, and uh, by far the best game of these four, probably one of the most hyped games of the NFL season. Um, considering that we're all going to be invested in the Jet game at 9.30 in the morning, this could be just like a really long Sunday of football because I feel like this is a Sunday night game where like if you're into sports, you need to watch. And it's it's Bill's Chiefs in Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City is favored by two and a half. Um, and uh, I know Kansas City has been one. iffy this year. The Bills have looked dominant. Until I see the Bills do it, um, I'm going to think that the Chiefs have their number. And, um, you know, if I think the Chiefs are going to win the game, I'm not going to not take them with a two and a half point spread. So I'm taking Kansas City. I think the Chiefs also, it's like a, a prove it game for them. And like you said, until the champs get taken down, like I'm still going to continue to go with them. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they always beat the Bills. I still think they're the best team in the AFC. So I'm going to, I'm going to take them. 
and I'll be Alex. a little different. I'll be a little different then. And uh, I don't feel too confident in this either way, but I'll say the Bills because they are getting some points. And I think they have a better defense, so maybe they could slow down Mahomes a little, and they still have probably not as good of a quarterback as Mahomes is ridiculous, but still a really good quarterback. So I think it'll be a tight game, and yeah. the Bills will eke it out. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is I, I'm not changing my pick, but I'm, I also could also see this very well being a game where, like, the Bills get a field goal to take a lead with, like, a minute left and then uh less than a minute to go you know uh Mahomes starts like taking them down the field and then Kansas City kicks their own field goal like as time expires and wins this by a point or two so the Chiefs win the game but the Bills cover um yeah I- I'm still taking the Chiefs but I-, I that that's like the thing that scares me a little bit is that you could see that scenario happen where like the Bills lose but cover, but I guess that's less likely at two and a half. Like you're probably more likely to see that at like three and a half. But anyways, that's um, it would be very unlikely semantics, I guess. But uh, anyways, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So those are uh, the week five picks. Um, glad we were able to talk some football because uh, yeah, you know it was it was nice to feel positive about the Jets given how uh, crappy the Mets made us feel. Uh, you know, especially down the stretch this season. Um, just a reminder, guys, uh, before the season, we, we all said, uh, we'd buy, uh, the champion of this thing, a six pack. So everyone owes Ross a six pack of beer. Just, just Fair don't enough. want you to forget. Happy to do it. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. I do have to get out of um, here. It's been a pleasure talking Mets and Jets with you both. Tons of fun. Thank all you for right. having me. Happy birthday, Adam. Thanks. Bye everyone. Yeah, of course. You're always welcome on anytime, Alex. Thanks. Have a good night. <laughs>